0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Dan Bowen Photography Podcast. This is episode number 13, Indecent Exposures, The Culture of Naughty Polaroids. So it's kind of hard to believe we're already 13 episodes into the podcast, so lately I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts trying to sharpen up my podcasting voice, finally feel like I'm starting to get into things a little bit. And I've been listening to Tim Ferriss's podcast and I've noticed he does this thing with his voice where he'll take his voice real low and start talking like this. So trying to figure out where my podcasting voice comes in, maybe I need to start talking a little bit lower and inflecting some more. So anyhow, let's set the scene here for talking about uh, how Polaroid and Polaroid photography, Influenced a sort of subculture of naughty photography. And I don't just mean pornography, but I mean sort of intimate moments of people's personal lives. So let's hop into our time machine here, real quick. I'm gonna take you back in time. Imagine a world with no Snapchat, no iPhones, no internet, you know, no congressman using a pseudonym Carlos Danger sending dick pics to underage interns. None of that stuff was happening. So we're going to go back to a time when only analog photography existed. Now today, I think sexting and people taking sort of pornographic images or nude photographs of their partners and that sort of thing has become kind of widespread in our culture. It's It's something that's not really surprising, but back in the day when you only had film cameras, it was a little bit more difficult to pull off that type of photography and keep it private. So for instance, if you were shooting photos of your partner or something along those lines, you would have to take your film to a photo finishing lab who would then develop your photos and make prints and they would see the photos that you had taken. So this really discouraged a lot of people from being more risky with their photography. Now enter Polaroid photography. So with a Polaroid, you get an instant print right out of the camera with no need to take your film to the lab. And the interesting thing that happened is when Polaroid started getting popular, this whole subculture of people taking sort of pornographic images or more risque images or intimate images of their partners and lovers, it became sort of a widespread thing. So that's what we wanna explore in the episode today. So most of where I read this content is in the book called Instant, The Story of Polaroid, and it's a really interesting book if you haven't read it. Um, highly recommended. It. it's all about the history of Polaroid, and there's a whole section in it on this very subject, and that's what sort of sparked the idea for this episode. Another good book that talks a little bit about this is called The Camera Does the Rest, and you can find that on Google Books, there's um, a lot of the chapters are available to read for free online. To provide a little bit more context, I want to talk about the introduction of the Polaroid SX-70. The Polaroid SX-70 is a very legendary camera and it's the camera that really changed the instant photography game and the photography game in general. Um, It's the camera that introduced the classic square photo with the white borders that we think about with Polaroid today and it was introduced in the early 1970s. So in the context of the cultural and sexual revolution that was going on in the early 1970s, that's when this camera came about. And I think a lot of the reason that people started using this to take a little bit more risque photos was the culture of the time period. And it just sort of coincided perfectly where the SX-70 gets introduced and then a lot of artists and amateur photographers and whatnot start taking these more risqué images and it created this whole subculture where a lot of people were doing this and it became something that sort of became ingrained in our culture. So I want to talk about a few of the artists that were using this type of photography or using Polaroids to create these more risqué images. One of the ones is Jack Butler who put out a book called Sex 70s. There's another photographer Helmut Newton who was a famous photographer and he took a lot of nude images and sexualized images. Betty Page is another one who had a lot of her sort of early pinup photography uh, was taken with Polaroid cameras. Another interesting trend is people who were gay or bisexual using Polaroids to sort of express their sexuality in a way that they couldn't do openly in culture because back in the 1970s you know it wasn't really a very friendly environment for someone who was gay or lesbian or bisexual to express that openly. It wasn't culturally accepted. You know, times have changed a lot today, but back then it was really not socially acceptable at all. So in the book Instant, uh, the author talks about a photographer called Robert Mapplethorpe, who was a professed straight man, took a lot of photos of his partner, but then also took a lot of these really bizarre photos of like people of uh, guys wearing leather and all these other sort of like homoerotic imagery. And the author makes the comment that like, if he were to take these photographs with like a 35 millimeter film camera and send them off to a photo finishing lab, he might've been arrested for taking these kind of photos. As photographer Ralph Rumney was quoted saying, you can take all those photographs that you wouldn't dare take around the corner shop to have developed. So Polaroid really enabled people to express themselves in a more interesting way, I guess. You know, whatever your thoughts are towards kind of nude photography or this kind of risque photography, you know, I'm not going to put any judgments on that, but I think it was sort of an interesting cultural phenomenon and it really became ingrained in popular culture. So there were a lot of different books and movies that used people taking naked Polaroids as plot devices, either to uncover infidelity or sexual deviancy or some secret that someone was having. So for instance, John Updike's, Rabbit is Rich, uh, has a plot device where one of the characters finds out that their partner's cheating on them by finding stacks of Polaroid photos that show them basically having intercourse with somebody else. There's also In the Silence of the Lambs, the Buffalo Bill guy who has a lot of uh, kind of like weird Polaroids in that. As well. And similarly you see the same thing in the book Infinite Jest. So this became a plot device in a lot of films, novels, short stories, etc. where people were using uh, Polaroids to sort of document something that they were keeping a secret. Whether it was like sexual deviancy or infidelity or just sexual expression in some way. And so the Polaroid as a way to take those types of photographs became really ingrained on our popular culture. And again, Polaroid photography was also used for sort of amateur pornography and other x-rated stuff. Now, obviously not all of it was going for that, but there was an interesting statistic in the book Instant that talked about Polaroid in Russia after the collapse of the Soviet Union. And it said that much of the Polaroid sales in russia after the collapse of the, the soviet union were driven by x-rated productions and that russia actually accounted for 10 percent of global polaroid film sales at one point in the 1990s and a lot of that was driven by this sort of X-rated content. So this begs the question, did Polaroid know that this sort of thing was happening? A lot of the research that people put into this suggests that Polaroid did know that this was happening and that it was sort of an open secret that people were using the cameras and the, the film to take these sort of less socially acceptable images. And a lot of Polaroids marketing and advertising subtly embrace this, so they use the word intimacy a lot in their marketing and advertising efforts. And even one of the most interesting examples was tying in a camera they released and targeted towards uh, teenagers was called the Polaroid Swinger, (laughs) which (laughs) I just thought was really funny. with that becoming sort of a popular term in the 70s and being able to sort of target a teen market who was using this terminology without their parents really knowing what that meant and being able to buy a camera called the Polaroid Swinger, um, which was a very inexpensive camera and very easy to use. And I think it sold for around $20. So just very interesting. So Polaroid, the, the evidence suggests that Polaroid did know that this sort of thing was going on. They did know that there was this culture of amateur nude photography or intimate partner photography, or even pornography happening with Polaroid film and Polaroid cameras. And they didn't deny that it was there, but they didn't acknowledge it openly either. So it's just very interesting. So yeah, just wanted to sort of explore that topic today. I have no, you know, this is the first time I had heard of this uh, concept when I read the book Instant, which I highly recommend you check out. I will link it up in the show notes. Uh, so you can read a little bit more about this. Also read a link up to an Atlantic article called Before Sexting There Was Polaroids. And that's actually a segment from the book Instance. So if you wanted to read that particular chunk of the book that covers the subject, highly recommend checking out that article. So where's the place for sort of naughty Polaroids today? Well people still use Polaroid cameras to take these sort of images and you can find this kind of content on Instagram or online, there's often sometimes art exhibitions of more risque photography taken with Polaroid cameras. Now, obviously things like smartphones and our digital cameras have sort of taken over the more X-rated or triple X-rated side of things, but I think people are still using Polaroids for the more risqué artistic expression of photography. So it still has a place in culture today and it still has really impacted the way that people think about Polaroids or see Polaroids and the the way that they use them, which I think is really interesting. So a lot of this just came out of the technology of the time and it's interesting to see how the transformative technology that was Polaroid, which was really revolutionary for its time, um, still kind of amazes me today that they're able to create a film that's able to self-develop and stop its developing. It's, It's just really incredible that Polaroid was able to pull this off and that there's companies like The Impossible Project who are still making this film today. So I hope you all found this episode interesting. It's a little bit of a different topic today than what I usually cover in the show. So like I said, be sure to check out the book Instant. It has a lot more on the history of Polaroid, and it's been a very interesting book. I've been reading it. Uh, I'll link it up in the show notes. And be sure to check out that article as well if you're interested in reading about this subject specifically. So we'll see you soon, folks. This has been another episode of the Dan Bowen Photography Podcast. Peace.